Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hi, welcome to the Skies Wonder podcast. This is episode 17 and I get to talk to my good friend, Sarah Clayton. I'm very sorry to say that Lucy is not able to join us for this week's episode, but hopefully she'll be back swearing at us all very soon. So I'm Rachel, I'm founder and director of Born at the Right Time, which is passionate about bridging the gap between families like mine, which are those who love someone with really complex needs, and the many practitioners who support us. I've got three boys, and my eldest was one who requires me to talk to dozens of professionals. Today I'm talking with Sarah, who's the CEO of Simple Stuff Works. What Sarah doesn't know about postural care just isn't worth knowing. Her family is one of ours too, because her remarkable, wonderful 21-year-old daughter lives with ongoing consequences of having um, been treated for a brain tumour at the age of six. Today, Sarah and I are talking about trust how our stories as parents have shaped our relationship with trust. And I need to give you a bit of a trigger warning that we do talk about childhood cancer and potential childhood death. You're also introduced on the podcast to Wiz, who was once upon a time a staff nurse working with my husband in the paediatric ward when my son was just a little baby. She's now, 15 years later, one of my son's night carers. And her own poetry, hashtag Broomgate, her poetic escapades, along with Sarah's inability to take a pessary properly, see episode 11, has inspired our upcoming poetry competition titled Don't Put That In Your Mouth. Oh, I'm really not sure I can explain exactly how we managed to get there, so here it is, my conversation with Sarah about losing and regaining trust in ourselves. Hello and welcome to the Skies Rhonda podcast. With me I have Sarah Clayton and no Lucy. Should we have like a minute silence for the Lucy-shaped hole that is currently in? Can you imagine Lucy's response to that? She'd be like, ah bollocks, get on with it. <laughs> Wouldn't she? Where did she She's come like, from? Anglesey? <laughs> what was that accent? Ah bollocks. I think she's a pirate. She's... <laughs> <laughs> that, that could explain a lot of her attitude in life. It is. She's is it, actually she's... a pirate. Lucy is not with us for this episode. Okay, weather check. Sarah, how is life under the weather where you are? Well, EHCP gate is ongoing. And I know that I say that in every single episode, <laughs> but we have had a breakthrough. And oh, okay. the breakthrough is that... Uh, and this is this is one for every local authority out there because we have solved so many issues. So basically what you do is you don't get any um, specialist reports or anything. Yeah. What, as me. a local authority? Yeah. Okay. So to, to do any HCP as a local authority, <laughs> the advice is don't get any specialist reports, okay? No. Action one. And action one. Action two is any reports that have been submitted on the part of the person, the young person, 
if they don't come from the NHS, so should they come from anybody like, you know, kind of a, a regulated uh, healthcare, you know, under-registered healthcare practitioner? Yeah. Uh, then what you do is you say that you can't accept those. So what that leads you to right. is, I mean, like it's it's effectively a bureaucratic cure. So she has no needs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not going to do the assessments. No. I won't accept any other assessments. No. And therefore... There is no need. There's no need. So there's no... there's So then <gasps> what you can do is... I know. Sense. I know. And so I'm just trying to work out how I translate that into... Uh, our lives because I suspect that she does have some bloody needs because I'm meeting them every day. It's a little weather check for me is I'm finding it all a bit tough at the minute. Don't want to pretend that it's all sweetness and light because it is not. Um, Life's just a bit hard Mm. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, I think I think like everybody else I feel like I'm two years after the start of a pandemic a little bit and there's just been one thing another thing another thing another thing another thing um and it feels quite overwhelming it feels quite relentless life at the Mm -hmm. moment and I think I think everybody's um when we're kind of so dependent on some support from outside and that support outside is is a little bit tricky um slash non-existent um <laughs> then the relentlessness just builds doesn't it but there's so there's there's everybody's personal stuff going on and then I think that you know just going near the news at the moment mm. and going near you know kind of it just feels like the entire world has gone tell in a handcart and then when you feel there's there's like this chronic ongoing stuff and then you know we've had some uh tricky news about my son's health recently and uh and it's the changing the goalposts i really find changing goalposts tricky like i can get used to like even from the details of like when my husband comes home from work like if he tells me he's not coming home till half eight nine fine like fine like we can do that that's fine if he says he's coming home at five and then get a call at six he's not left yet and actually it's not going to be till seven i'm like livid I'm livid because he's done it deliberately, clearly. Um, he wants to be at work rather than at home. Always. And, <laughs> and don't blame Why? if he would. <laughs> um, but that makes, uh, yeah, it's that it's that not knowing thing. But I guess yeah. that leads into this this endemic chaos um, that we live in. So I've been yeah. trying to do little things that um, look after myself. I managed to go to the beach with my friend Alex on Saturday. And we went um, and did 15 minutes yoga in front of loads of people who were just like watching us because it was like the first warm day down in South End. <laughs> so it's like all these people going, what are they doing? I've um, got a brilliant image, you know, when you're little and, and kind of your parents' friends would come around and then you'd go off into a different room and do a dance and practice <laughs> the dance because you'd be sent off just like, go away and do something else while we sit here and drink brandy and then you, you would force them to watch sure. your dance that's what I've got in my yeah. head is so like Alex and I sat and chatted us. for an hour and a half and then we we're like we'll just do yoga everybody <laughs> <laughs> watch us we say get it there yeah that's who did um Alex is you know one of the listeners of the podcast I know this because when we accidentally uploaded to the wrong episode she was the second 
person to call. So I kind of feel like she's really up there as she's one waiting. of our superstar listeners. Um, Ola superseded by Anna, oh, as in your sister. <laughs> love her. She 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 would she would say something really cool like, "Yeah, I just wait for them to drop, and then I'm straight on it." <laughs> I'd be like, "Drop what? What? Why would Did it drop? It is it, all right? is, it <laughs> is it okay?" I just need to bring you up to date. Also, what's been going on in our house? Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you might have noticed my born at right time Instagram broomgate occurred broom gate i know nothing of this you know nothing of this well tell me who doesn't look at my instagram rude what happened on friday night night carer was um worked as a staff nurse when our son was tiny and so um tim my husband and her worked together she was a pediatric staff nurse and he was a doctor one of the pediatric shos um and we woke up in the morning and there was a note on our broom. Now, she's there to care for my son. She has no, there's no expectation she does any cleaning, but she does to kind of <laughs> potter. She says it helps her keep her awake different times. So she potters. She said, my life as a broom has come to an end. I'm driving poor whiz right round the bend. I am knackered and old and cannot be sold. So please replace me very soon, preferably in May and not June. Put me out for the rubbish man. He can take me in his dirty old van. After the tip, I will go. An old and useless so-and-so. Whiz, aged 57 years. <laughs> I will try and share with you, Sarah, uh, an image of the broom that has taken offence. There you go. <laughs> well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely no. recognisable as a broom, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> still kind of work i mean it has got like a crust you know the way the earth is a crust <laughs> it does have a very permanent um layer of debris that does not come off but it doesn't stop there it doesn't stop there so this message was left on the broom and had a bit of a laugh and posted it on instagram whatever with permission and then i was in the office I went in, my husband had done the school run and then went off to work and I came in and there was another note on the broom. Right. And all the broom replied, Dear Wiz, I think you're being very unfair. All I need is some love and possibly palliative care. We all get old and grey and saggy, you should know. But that does not mean that on and on we should not go. If you think that old things should go if they look tired, you should think again, or you might get yourself fired. <laughs> From the broom. Oh, yes. Aged, so. apparently, looking at that picture, about 35. <laughs> <laughs> there is a joke whenever Lucy, like, breaks something in the house, like, you know, just drops a glass or a plate. She goes, don't tell me your grandmother gave it to you. <laughs> don't tell me you got it as a wedding present 50 years ago. It's like an heirloom. So Broomgate happened. Wiz did reply to that. Uh, but, yes, that is, was the banter going on. And Wiz is, a big, Wiz is a big fan of the podcast. She came to Shift about three weeks ago and was like, how's your friend's flush? Oh, tell her <laughs> so it's all sorted. Very, 
She's very, it's all she's good. A, it's all, it's all so, good. Let her know from me. Reassure. It's fine. And there's no requirement for poetry at this point, but there might be in the future. If you want to do a thrush poem about how to take appropriate treatments, Wiz, you can take this as a commissioning from the podcast. Absolutely. Do not put that. It could be entitled, Do Not Put That in Your Mouth. It could be. <laughs> In fact, it could not just be about that. It could be about a multitude of things. You know, just do not put that in your mouth. If any listener has a suggestion of things that you should not put in your mouth, we would love to hear from you. (laughs) All right, Wiz, you need to get on it. Uh, Do not put that in your mouth poem. little kids book that's not my broom it's it's brushes are too fluffy do not put that in your mouth mouth it is the wrong orifice (laughs) i don't know what rhymes with orifice coming soon from all good poetry (laughs) (laughs) this week we're talking about trust um and uh mistrust and just because I think it's it's we've so it's come through probably in every single episode that we've done there's been an element of which our ability to trust ourselves, our ability to trust, like our 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 relationship with trust within relationships with our family, with practitioners, whatever. So I just thought we'd unpack that a little bit um, more. Do you feel like your story in B's diagnosis and treatment, and then the kind of ensuing complications, did that affect? how you trust specifically thinking about yourself or your views of the world from a trust point of view our particular experience was one um so on those on those different levels could I trust myself anymore no because I had allowed this situation to continue I'd had these doubts and I hadn't voiced them and felt like every parent it, it wouldn't have been but it felt like every parent I spoke to was like we you know we worked so hard to get this diagnosis we were we went back to the gp over and over and over and i just would be kind of just overwhelmed with this sense i didn't do that i mm. i accepted what i was being told even though i had these doubts and even though it just didn't feel quite right i didn't follow through so so it felt like not only could i not trust my judgment but i also found out that i was aware that i could gaslight myself which is quite tricky if I was terrified enough then I could persuade myself that things were going to be absolutely fine so how could I be trusted you know I just couldn't be so then on another level I had that feeling that um all the things that I held to be secure all the things that I um had within my power to to make life okay for my child you know like kind of the things I was doing well so you know that whole thing of the right car seat and the right um, 
mushed up food and you know kind of she didn't go to bed too late and all of that sort of stuff that was going to keep her all safe because mm. that was what the good parents do you know lying on the back ah, not the front exactly and doing all the yeah skin to skin from the second from before they're born that totally resonates for me because i i i ate fish <laughs> exactly yeah, i completely. ate mackerel oh like, god i know yeah. Because, you know, That's I needed commitment. my omega threes for my child's brain yeah. to develop yeah. the irony yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, I did all the things that I thought um and I and I come you know, I was an A and E nurse for years and I'd previously before getting pregnant I had worked in Uganda and such sad stories and like mm. I've watched women carry their, you know, children that aren't breathing and don't have a pulse out of the clinic door and that you know I knew bad things happened to really good people yeah and yet I didn't ever ask why like this shouldn't be me I didn't ever do that but I still recognize that I did I lined everything up yeah kind of with the with the belief that that would that would store up some that I could still trust the world yeah. uh, and and sort of fate or God or whatever else to make it okay that that it would be okay. And I guess um, what completely flipped for me was, yes, I don't trust my I didn't trust myself. So even more so than yeah. you, like there was stuff yeah. happening inside my body. And yeah. I was, and I thought, is this something wrong? And hundred percent gaslit myself. Like, yeah. oh, you're just probably being hormonal anxious. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that fear of being thought to being a nuisance was greater yeah. than my fear of there being something wrong, which is, you know, crazy in itself. Um, but yeah, that that whole idea of feeling like I can't trust what I think I can't trust that I then argue with myself yeah I think yeah and I can't trust that anything I do makes a difference and that that then gets perpetuated as well because that's not just at diagnosis yep because you continue to do all the right things yep and it continues to go to shit Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know yeah 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 it continues to like I never felt like we had the the miracle good news story from a diagnosis or expectation point of view. We're like, oh, well, he was expected to not survive at this point and he was expected and he's done well in some ways. Yeah. But but we still turn up and, you know, just last week, the doctor comes in and says, so did you have any concerns? And I was like, not no. until three seconds ago when you yeah, just opened yeah, yeah. your mouth. Yeah. And whether I could pick it up from the way you said it or just that I've just been here too many times, but I know this is not good news anymore. No. This is going to be, yeah, you're going to tell me something that I didn't know before that I wish and I don't want to hear. And I don't, yeah. Do we hear enough stories about people where life just grinds on? And no, we don't. Mm. You know, life doesn't. And that, like you said there about like kind of the miracle story of he was expected not to xyz Mm -hmm. and look at him now yeah and it's like oh so kind of if we haven't defied expectation 
yeah. is that a failure like I remember very clearly with B having a conversation around her um kind of intellectual ability going forward and and what was proposed to be mm-hmm. done and and obviously mm-hmm. we had to make decisions between different treatment options and um the most likely option to give her a chance of survival was also obviously the one that was going to cause the most damage and I remember <clears throat> them saying uh we were talking about um learning disability and I was saying you know are you saying that to do this she will she will then have a learning disability and they were saying well she would we know that this will reduce her IQ, so she would have to have a phenomenally high IQ for that to be reduced to the point where she it won't still struggle. Reaches within normal yeah. ranges, kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. and um, she's done exactly what they expected her to do. Um, mm. But part of me will always feel like, you know, a little bit sort of, is there something that I could have done differently that would have you know helped her? Yeah, more. For, oh God, do you know? Like, do you know what you did? Girl, do you know what you didn't do? What didn't I do? You didn't do times tables in the car. Clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the episode. Jesus. <sighs> Love her. But the, but the, my girl takes fish oil every day. That poor child burps up fish oil for the whole morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, we were in a, we had a, um, a, uh, we were meeting with a consultant yesterday and she was saying about um, vitamin levels because um, there's some stuff going on at the moment and they were, they're trying to think about what it might be. And um, she said, well, what about vitamin levels? And B really clearly was like, no, I take my multivitamins every single day. You know, like, and she does, she takes like <laughs> these enormous tablets. But anyway, puts so... Puts them in the right hole. Well, this is it. Some people this have is... learning disabilities. Some people learning cannot... difficulties and still they completely manage. manage. Put... Yeah. <laughs> Yep, they manage where others might fail. But you know that whole thing of um, trusting the future. Mm. And I, what I realised when she was diagnosed is that the your future's not guaranteed. So, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before, about not wanting to book a holiday, not wanting mm-hmm. to make a dentist appointment, mm-hmm. not wanting to um, to do anything. Uh, sowing a garden means believing in tomorrow. I know <laughs> that you love, you love a plaque. I might get Listen. you that one. But, <laughs> but that's true, Return isn't it? to Cinder. <laughs> But, but isn't it isn't that like not that saying do you know what I mean I'm not suggesting that uh, but but that idea of making a plan for the future means mm. that you trust the future is going to happen mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like your just fundamental trust that you are going to exist in however yeah. long yeah. is shaken and I yeah. think there are times in everybody's life that they experience that mm-hmm. rocking of that foundation it's just you know kind of when when yeah, yeah. um i met at a in a writing course that i did i met someone who um had breast cancer <clears throat> um she's actually had it a couple of times now um mm-hmm. and exactly that she talked about um being so jealous of people who trusted they were yeah. going to get old yeah you know like she's clear and she's doing really well but that naivety yeah. is gone and we've all lost a level of naivety 
that um, we can trust that things are going to work out yeah. okay um, and trust that we'll know what the right thing to do is because what also happens is the right thing is doesn't exist anymore no. because there is a there is a a right thing that you choose with the information that you have and then three weeks down the road you realize oh that wasn't the right one yeah. you know or there was a better option like it, you can still say I did the thing that I thought was best with the information I had at the time yeah. but there's always hindsight like tapping on your shoulder going and hindsight oh, wow. hindsight kind of um uh, is an absolute git, isn't it? Because not only was there that o- other option, but it would have worked out better. And actually, mm. it may well not have done. No. You know, um, but, but without the other version to yeah. compare it to, exactly, then it's this um, hologram world yeah. of um, the better version yeah. than what you currently have. So mm. you have no idea what the other versions are, really. But whatever we imagine yeah. is always better the better one yeah. and in a way i've seen those other options like say for the um uh treatment choices that we had mm. to make and i've seen what happened to the children who made different you know whose mm-hmm. families made different choices and um and and heartbreaking you know kind yeah. of because because yes you you don't do as much with those different treatment options you didn't do as much damage but you did reduce their chances of survival and that's and I, I um I I think part of the loss of trust in myself meant that I found it in a way easier to trust the practitioners around her when it came to her treatment the, within mm-hmm. the acute hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Um it took a bit longer for the community stuff, but within the acute hospital setting, I was um so untrustworthy as far as mm-hmm. I was concerned that I genuinely just would say to to, to whenever it came do to a decision whatever. I'd what what is the thing what would you do tell me what yeah. you would do and, that's and then what I do exactly and you have to hand and, and we do it you know like you do it when your kids have their tonsils out or whatever don't you, you mm. literally hand them over and you have to trust whether it's minor major whatever it is that that that, that practitioner that that team will do the right thing by yeah. your child. And that, I think, because I'd proven to myself how, you know, like kind of I'm out of my you. depth I was. Yeah, I was so out yeah. of my depth. Yeah. That was the thing because I hadn't yeah. realised how vulnerable she was. Yeah. How we all how are. How much, yeah, yeah, how you fragile know? life is. Yeah. So Brené Brown does this great... Um, imagery of trust being like a marble jar you know like your mm-hmm. kids I think I've mentioned it in the podcast before you know like your kids get the marble jar and you put in different you put in marbles when they do something well yeah. and you know if behavior is not great or things are not great then you might take some marbles away and you kind of build when the jar is full then you get to um then you get a prize you get a reward or in yeah. in trust's case you you have a trusting relationship and it's but it's the trust is not just because of a title or whatever but it's built on it's built on experiences it's built yeah. on a, a, a culmination of small incidences of trustworthiness yeah and when life comes along and picks up your trust jar of how you trust yourself and how the world is going to be and essentially turns it on its head 
and okay. empties every flipping marble you've ever accrued in your life that things will be okay, that you know what's going on, that you know your own body, that you are able to stay well or healthy to protect the people that you love, all the different things that you had, um, all the structures you had unwittingly um, assumed, then you're just left exactly that with an empty jar, with an empty jar. And and so it's not, you know, I think in that very acute... um, kind of experience you can I guess you can go into different directions but this feeling of complete um selflessness as in not knowing yourself yeah you are totally reliant on other people yeah yeah connecting with you so that you can you can build up those things again that you can start understanding the world start understanding what the next step is start um I have a feeling Lucy wouldn't be saying what we're saying at this point. <laughs> if we're saying, Lucy, do you trust yourself? And in some pirate hearties, yeah, she'd go, well, me hearties. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I do trust myself. And she's from Wales, I think. I don't think or she's like, from Somerset. Somerset. I think she went she's from Somerset. <laughs> and she go, of course I trust myself. I can't trust anyone else. She's a farmer. <laughs> Call my combine harvester. I trust myself. We need to know, Lucy. We need to know. In the next episode, you need to tell us whether we were right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but only in a comedy farmer accent. <laughs> you have to do the Somerset accent. Okay, but like so you said how... there, like you said there, I think you can go one of two ways because the way I went was the world has turned upside down. I can't trust myself. I have to put everything into the people that are around me and, and that's okay with that. I completely hand over responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think the other option is, um, uh, you know, to then feel that, that nothing can be trusted mm. and that, you, that you're the only person that can make the decisions mm. you know like kind of and and almost load more onto yourself yeah I think I feel that way at the moment with regards to the situation we're in at the minute yeah. I think it's the like going the other way to um uh having to micromanage everything that mm-hmm. feels a bit like that and 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 it's it's funny isn't it how the same person can have those two completely different reactions to um tricky the same situations yeah. I'm not suggesting that a cancer diagnosis is on a par with trying to get a bloody EHCP <laughs> review sorted, just so we're aware. I was actually talking to uh, a fellow mum uh, yesterday and um, she was kind of saying, I'm just waiting for it to get better. <laughs> um. And she's got a little one, she's got twins who are three, which, you know, given any without any diagnosis whereas one of our sons has got lots of complexities and it I think I was thinking about it afterwards afterwards like what was it that changed in that really thick of it moment to it not necessarily being easier because I don't it changes yeah and I think it is um building up some of that trust again mm-hmm. building up some of that belief in myself and people around me um but framing it differently like 
in, we've talked before about hope being framed differently. Like, I don't hope that it's all going to be hunky dory. Like, yeah. you know, we don't have trust in karma anymore. You know, like it's yeah, it'll nonsense. work out, or yeah. you know, God only gives you what you can bear. Like, none of that stuff makes any sense anymore. Um, but we start by reframing the things that we can trust, the things that, and some of that is looking back and going, that was flipping awful and I managed to get through that like that trust so you start seeing evidence of the times when it was really hard yeah and you did woman up and you did the stuff and um there are sacrifices and consequences and and fallout from it Mm -hmm. but still here still like doing the next thing just want to say to everybody that Sarah's sporting a lovely teal dress today oh, with some you. ferns and leaves from the subtropical something or another. My my gynecologist last week said to me, <laughs> darling, she said genuinely, she said, darling, you've dressed beautifully to come and see me. Said, Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. It's good to know that we've dressed well for the podcast and, and for just your generally gynecologist going out. notices yeah and people do notice do you know what's nice though is when you go to a stressful thing and someone says oh i love your hair or oh mm. uh you're looking well which which always makes me suspicious that i've piled on the bounds <laughs> but you know kind of oh like your shoes you know you can always you can find something I... in every single person can't you yeah when they walk through the door to say like there's a stunning thing about you that I can notice from the outside I try and compliment somebody I don't know most days do you yeah do they run away no so just just like some personal like that's a lovely coat that's a lovely color on you or I've got an image of you sitting at the bottom of your drive (laughs) trying to be just trying to to throw (laughs) looking for somebody cat calling people (laughs) (laughs) oh I love looking good Anyway, what I was going to tell you was, I was going to say that part of being okay with where we are now is that I can uh, look to the future. So Mm. I can look at B's future with optimism and with enthusiasm. And and this is, this is recent. So, you know, like we're, what are we, 15 years into this whole thing? Let's call it a journey. And I'm only just being able... So so my plan for her future at one point was we'll build her a little place in the garden and she'll stay close to me and I can I can carry on doing what I've done all this time. And that stems from a lack of trust. That stems don't from... Don't go over the bridge. Don't go over the bridge. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah, don't... I'm the only person that can do it because nobody else can be trusted to do this. Mm. And it's taken her kind of um forcefully at times saying no that's not what I want to happen you know I want mm-hmm. these things for my mm-hmm. life like god that's taken some head sorting using Brené's um definition then of that trust jar it's taken you 15 years to keep putting marbles in your own yeah per- like your yeah. own personality to believe that you know not that it's going to be breezy no but that you've faced tricky stuff and you can you know as much as it's exhausting and frustrating and relentless and all those things 
after 15 years and you know we're 16 years in yeah I think it's the same I think there is a yep this is hard yep there's different there's things that are good there's things that are bad there's things that are just ugly about this and yet I have a greater assuredness of being able to keep on keeping on yeah so not necessarily the outcome but the digging into what's needed at any given time but if we have this marble jar and it's thinking about trusting ourselves how do we put marbles in that jar what are the things that we can do to kind of nurture that trust in ourselves do you think you know you know that idea of like a line in the sand Mm -hmm. you know like kind of I think at some point I've had to let go of um I got it wrong I you know I'm I'm no good I I missed the could have done better could have could have should have you know Mm -hmm. um if I had then this you know and all of those beautiful alternative realities that would have Mm -hmm. been all worked out much better and I think that there has to come a point where you learn to be kind to yourself and you say, do you know what? I, no one can know everything. Mm-hmm. People get stuff wrong. But if your intention is good, and my intention was good, you know, kind mm. of my intention has always been good, then you, it's how you kind of accept that that's where you are. That's who you mm. are, it's where you are. And um, draw the line in the sand and then try to move forward. I read a wonderful article once which was talking about learning to live with the realization that there is no safety net, mm. that there is nothing sitting underneath you. So, so mm. even though you've done all the things that you were told would would be the right things to do, that the good parents do, mm-hmm. actually life can kind of completely screw you over, and you realize there isn't a safety net that says, "Oh, don't worry, precious, we'll we'll pop it all scoop right for you, you up and make scoop it all you up okay. and sort it all out." Yeah, and accepting that, knowing that realizing that you know i i can do hard things like you know her going to college is going to be tricky because Mm. um i won't be able to see her i think for me it's quite similar in that i can and whether it's my personality i can be so task focused i could be thinking well i didn't do this and i didn't do that and i couldn't you know um and forget that i only have 24 hours in a day and i only Mm -hmm. have two arms i mean four o'clock this morning i was doing emails ridiculous i mean just ridiculous i then went back to bed and managed to get another hour and a half sleep but the whole idea that at four o'clock in the morning i was thinking well i need to do these emails because i didn't get done and i'm gonna need to do that because i need to get home and then after work i need to make sure that i'm doing everything for my son after work because otherwise i'm not being a good parent because i had to do loads of admin stuff and lucy and one of uh, Sam's carers sort of did lots of the hands-on stuff for him and I and I went to bed last night just thinking well I've I've failed today I didn't look at all the stuff I had done I looked at all the stuff that somebody else did yeah which is ridiculous I think I need to um remember my own humanity mm-hmm. and my own frailty um assume competence like we've said before but then allow myself to make mistakes like yeah. yeah. there was a the when we had um Doing one of the Born the Right Time workshops, Joanna Griffin, the um, well parent care well being guru. Yes, that is Joanna Griffin, Doctor Jo, mm-hmm. um, and she did a whole thing on self compassion because she's like it's the literature is really clear. Like you know when you hear something and it just 
goes through all the layers of pretense that you managed to put in front of yourself and it just cuts through and I was like oh yeah do you know the self-compassion thing I think um I think that's why I find it really difficult if if people you know practitioners show me compassion openly (laughs) you know the kind of how are you you know are you okay you're doing well you know like kind of that to me just I then fall apart if anybody does that I like to keep things absolutely strictly business I'm not here to be human I'm here to get jobs done totally but yes being kind to ourselves draw a line in the sand because you cannot know everything at all times but but like it just comes back to the beginning though doesn't it is the um like we should trust ourselves but we're proven um fallible on that front and I guess that's something, some of the marbles in my marble jar of trusting myself has been trusting that gut, trust believing mm-hmm. in myself, being able to stop long enough to listen to what I really think rather than what everybody else is telling me. Yeah. Um, reading those things and knowing that I can see things other people can't around my child and around the context that he lives in. Yeah. Um, and in doing so trusting the expertise that I bring into that conversation as a result of that emails this week we have had emails um, from different people we had an email from Edith in the Netherlands I love that name Edith or the Netherlands Mm. Edith I think the Netherlands is is a tricky one to get your tongue around but Edith beautiful yeah well so um Edith listens to us from the Netherlands. Guess, Sarah, how many different countries the podcast has been listened in? Uh, eight. 34. 34? 34 different countries have had people listen to this podcast. I'm not sure how our accents work in Estonia and Argentina. I think a pirate accent works everywhere, so <laughs> I think we'll be fine. We're in. It's all good. It's all good. So Edith emailed, says she's loving the podcast. Thank you very much, Edith. Um, Particularly the episode on mum guilt. Um, It would be lovely if you wanted to email in or message us on at the Instagram. So you can email at tswpodcast at gmail.com or go to our Instagram, which is at born at right time. Um, And tell us what your favourite episode was so far. We're up to episode 17. So what's been your favourite episode? Um, we will be doing a best of. So is there anything that you really think needs to be in the best of episode? Edith does a podcast in the Netherlands called Living Loss. And she has both parents and practitioners um, um, on her podcast because she's trying to bridge the gap. Woman after my own heart. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, Edith. And um, yes, if you do have good Dutch, maybe you should go and listen to that podcast as yes. well. I'm, I am really excited about the entries to the Do Not Put That In Your Mouth poetry competition that I think we should launch. <laughs> we could get, we could, we could probably do a prize. I think there possibly I could I think be there a could, prize. right. So if you, yeah. if we have the applications, yeah. you can do a poem, Do Not Put This In Your Mouth. Yeah. We Send want to hear it. Send it in to tswpodcast at gmail.com. And there will be a prize so amazing 
that we can't tell you about it just that yet. we can't tell you because <laughs> it would just blow your mind <laughs> it would put you off your writing because you'd be fixated on the prize on the prize and that's not what we want we want the creativity no, we want you to be in the yeah zone. yeah absolutely. in the creative zone of what you shouldn't be putting in your mouth <laughs> okay thank you so much sarah um hopefully we will see lucy again soon bye <laughs> bye it probably isn't surprising that for many parents of children with complex needs our relationship with trust has been shaken our stories have changed the narratives we knew about ourselves and not just that but the world that we live in no matter how full your marble jar is of trusting yourself and knowing that voice within inside of you i really hope that you find ways this week to pop another couple of marbles in that jar Thanks so much for listening to the Skies Wonder podcast from whichever of the 34 different countries you might be residing in. Thanks to Sarah for joining me and laughing till we cry for Harry and the audio wizardry. To submit your own stories, comments, questions or a poem into our Don't Put That In Your Mouth competition, you can email us at the podcast, tswupodcast at gmail.com. That's tswupodcast at gmail.com. Or message us at Born at Right Time on Instagram or Facebook. I hope you have time this week to smile, rest and love your people well, whatever skies you're under. <laughs>